I'm going to be reading the Satipatthana Sutta from the Majjhima Nikaya, The Four Establishments of Mindfulness. Thus have I heard, on one occasion the Blessed One was living in the Kuru country where there was a town of the Kurus named Kama Sadama. There he addressed the monks thus, Monks, Venerable Sir, they replied. The Blessed One said this, Monks, this is the one-way path for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the passing away of pain and dejection, for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of Nibbāna, namely the four establishments of mindfulness. What are the four? Here, monks, a monk dwells contemplating the body in the body, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having subdued longing and dejection in regard to the world. He dwells contemplating feelings in feelings, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having subdued longing and dejection in regard to the world. He dwells contemplating mind in mind, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having subdued longing and dejection in regard to the world. He dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having subdued longing and dejection in regard to the world. Contemplation of the body. Mindfulness of breathing. And how, monks, does a monk dwell contemplating the body in the body? Here a monk, gone to the forest, to the foot of a tree, or to an empty hut, sits down, having folded his legs crosswise, straightened his body, and established mindfulness in front of him, just mindful he breathes in, mindful he breathes out. Breathing in long he understands, I breathe in long. Or breathing out long he understands, I breathe out long. Breathing in short he understands, I breathe in short. Or breathing out short, he understands, I breathe out short. He trains thus, I will breathe in experiencing the whole body. He trains thus, I will breathe out experiencing the whole body. He trains thus, I will breathe in tranquilizing the bodily formation. He trains thus, I will breathe out tranquilizing the bodily formation. Just as a skilled lath worker or his apprentice, when making a long turn, understands, I make a long turn, or when making a short turn, understands, I make a short turn, so too, breathing in long, a monk understands, I breathe in long. He trains thus, I will breathe out tranquilizing the bodily formation. In this way he dwells contemplating the body in the body internally, or he dwells contemplating the body in the body externally, or he dwells contemplating the body in the body both internally and externally. Or else he dwells contemplating in the body its nature of arising, or he dwells contemplating in the body its nature of vanishing, or he dwells contemplating in the body its nature of both arising and vanishing. Or else mindfulness that there is a body is simply established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and repeated mindfulness. And he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. 
That is how a monk dwells, contemplating the body in the body. The four postures. Again, monks, when walking, a monk understands, I am walking. When standing, he understands, I am standing. When sitting, he understands, I am sitting. When lying down, he understands, I am lying down. Or he understands accordingly however his body is disposed. In this way, he dwells contemplating the body in the body internally, externally, and both internally and externally. And he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That too is how a monk dwells, contemplating the body in the body. Clear comprehension. Again, monks, a monk is one who acts with clear comprehension when going forward and returning, who acts with clear comprehension when looking ahead and looking away, who acts with clear comprehension when bending and stretching his limbs, who acts with clear comprehension when wearing his robes and carrying his outer robe and bowl, who acts with clear comprehension when eating, drinking, chewing, and tasting, who acts with clear comprehension when defecating and urinating, who acts with clear comprehension when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, and keeping silent. In this way, he dwells contemplating the body in the body internally, externally, and both internally and externally. And he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That too is how a monk dwells, contemplating the body in the body. Unattractiveness of the body. Again, monks, a monk reviews this same body up from the soles of the feet and down from the top of the hair, bounded by skin as full of many kinds of impurity thus. In this body there are head hairs, body hairs, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, intestines, mesentery, stomach, feces, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, spittle, snot, oil of the joints, and urine. Just as though there were a bag with an opening at both ends, full of many sorts of grain, such as hill rice, red rice, beans, peas, millet, and white rice, and a man with good eyes were to open it and review it thus. This is hill rice, this is red rice, these are beans, these are peas, this is millet, this is white rice. So too, a monk reviews this same body, as full of many kinds of impurities thus. In this body there are head hairs and urine." In this way he dwells contemplating the body in the body internally, externally, and both internally and externally. And he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That too is how a monk dwells contemplating the body in the body. Elements. Again, monks, a monk reviews this same body however it is placed, however disposed, as consisting of elements thus. In this body there are the earth element, the water element, the fire element, 
and the air element, just as though a skilled butcher or his apprentice had killed a cow and were seated at the crossroads with it cut up into pieces. So too a monk reviews this same body as consisting of elements thus. In this body there are the earth element, the water element, the fire element, and the air element. In this way he dwells contemplating the body in the body internally, externally, and both internally and externally. And he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That too is how a monk dwells, contemplating the body in the body. The Nine Charnel Ground Contemplations Again, monks, as though he were to see a corpse thrown aside in a charnel ground, one, two, or three days dead, bloated, livid, and oozing matter, a monk compares this same body with it thus. This body, too, is of the same nature. It will be like that. It is not exempt from that fate. In this way, he dwells contemplating the body in the body internally, externally, and both internally and externally. And he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That, too, is how a monk dwells, contemplating the body in the body. Again, as though he were to see a corpse thrown aside in a charnel ground, being devoured by crows, hawks, vultures, dogs, jackals, or various kinds of worms, a monk compares this same body with it thus. This, too, is a body of the same nature. It will be like that. It is not exempt from that fate. That, too, is how a monk dwells, contemplating the body in the body. Again, as though he were to see a corpse thrown aside in a charnel ground, a skeleton with flesh and blood, held together with sinews, a fleshless skeleton smeared with blood, held together with sinews, a skeleton without flesh and blood, held together with sinews, disconnected bones scattered in all directions, here a hand bone, there a foot bone, here a shin bone, there a thigh bone, here a hip bone, there a backbone, here the skull, a monk compares this same body with it thus. This body, too, is of the same nature. It will be like that. It is not exempt from that fate. That, too, is how a monk dwells, contemplating the body in the body. Again, as though he were to see a corpse thrown aside in a charnel ground, bones bleached white, the color of shells, bones heaped up, Bones more than a year old, rotted and crumbling to dust. A monk compares this same body with it thus. This body, too, is of the same nature. It will be like that. It is not exempt from that fate. In this way he dwells contemplating the body in the body internally, or he dwells contemplating the body in the body externally, or he dwells contemplating the body in the body both internally and externally, or else he dwells contemplating in the body its nature of arising, or he dwells contemplating in the body its nature of vanishing, or he dwells contemplating in the body its nature of both arising and vanishing, or else mindfulness that there is a body, 
is simply established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and repeated mindfulness, and he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That too is how a monk dwells, contemplating the body in the body. Contemplation of feeling. And how, monks, does a monk dwell contemplating feelings in feelings? Here, when feeling a pleasant feeling, a monk understands, I feel a pleasant feeling. When feeling a painful feeling, he understands, I feel a painful feeling. When feeling a neither painful nor pleasant feeling, he understands, I feel a neither painful nor pleasant feeling. When feeling a carnal pleasant feeling, he understands, I feel a carnal pleasant feeling. When feeling a spiritual pleasant feeling, he understands, I feel a spiritual pleasant feeling. When feeling a carnal painful feeling, he understands, I feel a carnal painful feeling. When feeling a spiritual painful feeling, he understands, I feel a spiritual painful feeling. When feeling a carnal neither painful nor pleasant feeling, he understands, I feel a carnal neither painful nor pleasant feeling. When feeling a spiritual neither painful nor pleasant feeling, he understands, I feel a spiritual neither painful nor pleasant feeling. In this way he dwells, contemplating feelings in feelings internally, or he dwells contemplating feelings in feelings externally, or he dwells contemplating feelings in feelings both internally and externally, or else he dwells contemplating in feelings the nature of arising, or he dwells contemplating in feelings the nature of vanishing, or he dwells contemplating in feelings the nature of both arising and vanishing, or else mindfulness that there is feeling is simply established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and repeated mindfulness, and he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That is how a monk dwells, contemplating feelings in feelings. Contemplation of mind. And how, monks, does a monk dwell contemplating mind in mind? Here a monk understands a mind with lust as a mind with lust, and a mind without lust as a mind without lust. He understands a mind with hatred as a mind with hatred, and a mind without hatred as a mind without hatred. He understands a mind with delusion as a mind with delusion, and a mind without delusion as a mind without delusion. He understands a contracted mind as contracted, and a distracted mind as distracted. He understands an exalted mind as exalted, and an unexalted mind as unexalted. He understands a surpassable mind as surpassable, and an unsurpassable mind as unsurpassable. He understands a concentrated mind as concentrated, and an unconcentrated mind as unconcentrated. He understands a liberated mind as liberated, and an unliberated mind as unliberated. In this way he dwells contemplating mind in mind internally, or he dwells contemplating mind in mind externally, or he dwells contemplating mind in mind both internally and externally. 
or else he dwells contemplating in mind its nature of arising, or he dwells contemplating in mind its nature of vanishing, or he dwells contemplating in mind its nature of both arising and vanishing. Or else mindfulness that there is a mind is simply established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and repeated mindfulness, and he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That is how a monk dwells contemplating mind as mind. Contemplation of Phenomena the five hindrances. And how, monks, does a monk dwell contemplating phenomena in phenomena? Here a monk dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the five hindrances. And how does a monk dwell contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the five hindrances? Here, when there is sensual desire in him, a monk understands, there is sensual desire in me. Or when there is no sensual desire in him, he understands, there is no sensual desire in me. And he also understands how unarisen sensual desire arises, and how arisen sensual desire is abandoned, and how abandoned sensual desire does not arise again in the future. When there is ill will in him, when there is dullness and drowsiness in him, when there is restlessness and remorse in him, when there is doubt in him, a monk understands, there is doubt in me, or when there is no doubt in him, he understands, there is no doubt in me, and he also understands how the unarisen doubt arises, and how arisen doubt is abandoned, and how the abandoned doubt does not arise again. In the future. In this way, he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena internally, or he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena externally, or he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena both internally and externally, or else he dwells contemplating in phenomena the nature of arising, or he dwells contemplating in phenomena the nature of vanishing or he dwells contemplating in phenomena the nature of both arising and vanishing, or else mindfulness that there are phenomena is simply established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and repeated mindfulness, and he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That is how a monk dwells, contemplating phenomena in phenomena, in terms of the five hindrances. The five aggregates. Again, monks, a monk dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the five aggregates subject to clinging. And how does a monk dwell contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the five aggregates affected by clinging? Here a monk understands, such is form, such its origin, such its passing away. Such is feeling, such its origin, such its passing away. Such is perception, such its origin, such its passing away. Such are the volitional formations, such their origin, such their passing away. Such is consciousness, such its origin, such its passing away. In this way he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena internally, 
externally and both internally and externally, and he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That is how a monk dwells, contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the five aggregates subject to clinging. The six sense spaces. Again, monks, a monk dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the six internal and external sense spaces. And how does a monk dwell contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the six internal and external sense spaces? Here a monk understands the eye, he understands forms, and he understands the fetter that arises dependent on both. And he also understands how the unarisen fetter arises, and how the arisen fetter is abandoned, and how the abandoned fetter does not arise again in the future. He understands the ear, he understands sounds, he understands the nose, he understands odors, he understands the tongue, he understands flavors, he understands the body, he understands tactile objects. He understands the mind, he understands phenomena, and he understands the fetter that arises dependent on both, and he also understands how the unarisen fetter arises, and how the arisen fetter is abandoned, and how the abandoned fetter does not arise again in the future. In this way he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena internally, externally, and both internally and externally, and he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That is how a monk dwells, contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the six internal and external sense bases. The Seven Enlightenment Factors Again, monks, a monk dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the seven enlightenment factors. And how does a monk dwell contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the seven enlightenment factors? Here, when there is the mindfulness enlightenment factor in him, a monk understands. There is the mindfulness enlightenment factor in me. Or when there is no mindfulness enlightenment factor in him, he understands there is no mindfulness enlightenment factor in me. And he also understands how the unarisen mindfulness enlightenment factor arises and how the arisen mindfulness enlightenment factor comes to fulfillment by development. When there is the discrimination of phenomena enlightenment factor in him, when there is the energy enlightenment factor in him, when there is the rapture enlightenment factor in him, when there is the tranquility enlightenment factor in him, when there is the concentration enlightenment factor in him, when there is the equanimity enlightenment factor in him, a monk understands there is the equanimity enlightenment factor in me, or when there is no equanimity enlightenment factor in him, He understands, there is no equanimity enlightenment factor in me. And he also understands how the unarisen equanimity enlightenment factor arises and how the arisen equanimity enlightenment factor comes to fulfillment by development. In this way he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena, internally, 
externally and both internally and externally. And he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That is how a monk dwells, contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the seven enlightenment factors. The Four Noble Truths And again, monks, a monk dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the Four Noble Truths. And how does a monk dwell contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the Four Noble Truths? Here a monk understands as it really is. This is suffering. This is the origin of suffering. This is the cessation of suffering. This is the way leading to the cessation of suffering. In this way he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena internally, or he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena externally, or he dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena both internally and externally, or else he dwells contemplating in phenomena the nature of arising, or he dwells contemplating in phenomena the nature of vanishing, or he dwells contemplating in phenomena the nature of both arising and vanishing. Or else mindfulness that there are phenomena is simply established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and repeated mindfulness. And he dwells independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That is how a monk dwells, contemplating phenomena in phenomena in terms of the Four Noble Truths. Conclusion Monks, if anyone should develop these four establishments of mindfulness in such a way for seven years, one of two fruits could be expected for him, either final knowledge here and now, or if there is a trace of clinging left, non-returning. Let alone seven years, monks, if anyone should develop these four establishments of mindfulness in such a way for six years, for five years, for four years, for three years, for two years, for one year, one of two fruits could be expected for him, either final knowledge here and now, or if there is a trace of clinging left, non-returning. Let alone one year, monks, if anyone should develop these four establishments of mindfulness in such a way for seven months, for six months, for five months, for four months, for three months, for two months, for one month, for half a month, one of two fruits could be expected for him, either final knowledge here and now, or if there is a trace of clinging left, non-returning, let alone half a month, monks, if anyone should develop these four establishments of mindfulness in such a way for seven days, one of two fruits could be expected for him, either final knowledge here and now, or if there is a trace of clinging left, non-returning. So it was with reference to this that it was said, Monks, this is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the passing away of pain and dejection, for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of Nibbana, namely the four establishments of mindfulness. That is what the Blessed One said. The monks were satisfied and delighted in the Blessed One's words.